This is the Marketing Intern Spotlight, where we are committed to unlock how every marketing intern has an innate ability to be an entrepreneur, motivator, and influencer. Boom. Before we get to the Sanandani Marketing Intern Spotlight, we have something very important to talk about. Absolutely. So Anchor is now opening a donation page on their podcast platform. I believe they're titling it Listener Support. Correct. And they are allowing listeners, the marketing interns, to donate money on a monthly basis to our podcast. So we want to attack this uh, in a very unique way, in a very back pocket way. And how we're going to do it is put in perspective, as we always do. We want to talk about what you spend on a monthly basis, and then how much our back, po- how much our podcast means to you on a monthly basis. Is it worth a eight dollar Chipotle burrito? Is it worth, you know, seven bucks uh, a nice McDonald's meal? Maybe a five dollar football. Exactly. Is it is it happy hour drinks two for one four dollar beers? What is it? And this is up to you guys. This is a listener support page that kind of demonstrates our value to you. So if you feel like this information that you receive in our 30 minute or hour 45 length podcast is something that you don't necessarily want to donate that's totally fine this is just an available platform for you to do this and to show your support if you don't feel like donating that's fine just maybe send us a text because that's equally as beneficial exactly you couldn't have said any better just something that means something that it means value to us so money it's not all about money for us we would love to hear your feedback. If you, instead of giving us a dollar every month, if you sent us a text saying how much you loved this episode each month or replied to one of our Instagram posts and like commented thoroughly on it, that would be that would mean the world to us. This anchor listener support page impacts us a lot and it really put things into perspective for me in a different light to how we were going to go about earning money. And I, refer, refer, I want to reiterate that, earning money. We're not going to do this through sponsorships. This is not something that we're trying to um, push down your throat about some type of ad that we have been given um, that we about, don't really support. about stakes that we don't support. This is not what this is about. We are not here to force upon a product about in fake enthusiasm. That's not, this, that's not what we have, we've ever been in this business for. Exactly. And... Yeah, I mean, like, let's say it. We have two sponsors, and you guys can name them off as we say it. MB Outdoors and Skyline Specs. We promote those guys every single week because we love those guys. For the past six months, we have not earned a dime from them, but we love those guys and we love their brand. And that's why we do it. And you know what? That's exactly what our whole podcast is about. If you want to support us in any way, we love it. We love your gratitude. We love the marketing interns. Now, enough of this. Well, before we get to that real quick, I just want to say Anchor listener support page We is untapped. We are on the front end of something for the very first time, and that feels very cool. And I feel like we've been doing things right. They they see authenticity, and they're like, these guys get it. We want to allow these guys to be a part of the beginning processes of this. So we don't know how it's going to go. But just enjoy this process because this just, again, reinforces our genuine love for our marketing interns. Absolutely. Well said, Andrew. Now let's get after this podcast. First of all, thank you guys so much. Um, I really appreciate it. And I've been looking forward to talking to you for a little bit. Um, So as you can tell, I'm super passionate about what I do. Hence the 52 
emails of like, Hey guys, try this and try that. So, um, yeah. And a little bit about myself. My name is Sanandini. Um, I, I actually grew up in, uh, a town called Waterloo, which is like this small town, but we've got two major universities and all of that. Um, and I ended up studying broadcasting actually. So I went to school, did the whole TV, sports anchor, all that fun stuff. And then I was like, okay, I don't really love this world, but I loved the business side of it. Um, also, my parents are entrepreneurs. So I grew up in business and marketing and strategy 24-7. Like that's been my entire life. Um, and then I went the corporate route. I started working as a marketing manager uh, for some big enterprise companies. And then I was like, I hate this. I feel really boxed in, you know, all that stuff because you're raised a certain way. And I think that, um, growing up in a home of a lot of creativity and coming up with literally strategies all the time, I was like, I can't survive in this corporate world. So I left and then I started my business three years ago now. Um, and in the beginning we were just doing, content writing and copywriting and, you know, very basic digital marketing, what I knew I could do and fulfill. Um, and now we've expanded into, uh, the internet of things and data analytics and developing blockchain platforms, app development. Um, we do beacon technology, all this crazy hardware, software stuff that works together, which is absolutely so much fun. And then I get to market all that. So it's a very different world than what I'm used to uh, in terms of creativity. But nonetheless, that much more fun, I would say. That's so cool. So, you know, backing up here just a second, yeah. um, you're from or you're living in Toronto currently. What's yeah. it like living in Canada? Explain it to two kids. Oh, from God. The oh, God. Um, it's very, very, very cold um, in the winter. <laughs> You know, um, but I think that everyone kind of knows each other because we are a smaller city at the end of the day. Um, there's a lot of opportunities. I've seen Toronto change immensely in the last 10 years, I would say, where we weren't really on the map as this place to go to and, you know, party or grow your business and all that. And now it's just expanded um, like crazy. And definitely it's a good time. Downtown is a really, really good time. Um, I don't even know how many clubs and bars we have, but it's super fun. And you're sure to run into somebody that you know, no matter what. So um, you guys should come check it out. Well, we have only been to Winnipeg in Canada. Yeah. I went Sorry. to Niagara Falls, but I was on the I think it's New York, correct? Is yeah. that, no, no, I just I didn't know where it boarded. I'm pretty sure. It yeah, here. yeah, it's Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are the two spots of Canada, but Canada I've been in, but I've never been to Toronto. Um, but I do know that um, transitioning to your lifestyle as an entrepreneur, yeah. um, you grew up in a household of entrepreneurship. Right. So that kind of helped ignited the flame of being self-motivated and influencing your own career in a way that you wanted to target it and track that, that method. Um, what were some of the skills that your parents passed down to allow you to take care of what you wanted to do as an entrepreneur? I think the number one thing is 
there's no such thing as failure. I mean, failure is definitely something that happens and it happens every day to some degree um, when you're in business because no two days are the same. But I think the ability to just understand that as a learning lesson and how to learn and evolve from it um, is something my parents really instilled in me. Also, I think having standards, because if you want to be an entrepreneur, you need to have standards. You can't just take on every client out of desperation. You can't just take on everything that you want out of, again, that desperation for, you know, that fear of, hey, maybe I'm not going to make my bills this month or this is not going to happen or that's not going to happen because that that's not the reality. The reality is you will always be provided for um, as long as you have your standards high. So I think those are two takeaways, not just one, but really that defines me as a business person um, very deeply. Yeah. And during this career, have you run into those instances where you um, maybe take took on too much and you're a little bit overwhelmed and you're like, hey, this yeah. is something I need to rally back in and figure out where do I actually belong because my net is way too far casted right now? Absolutely. Um, I think more than just being overwhelmed, I was taking on clients that I wasn't, I didn't want to. I, I They didn't make me feel good. I didn't care about their product. They didn't care about their boundaries with me. And, you know, that happens sometimes, especially in digital marketing. I think people expect the moon and the stars um, overnight and that's not how it works. And then you have to be very clear on what's worth your time and what's not. And I think one of the things that I decided to really focus on is working on projects that help me build myself as well as them, them rather than just taking on something because it's a quick check. Um, and you definitely face that because you're like, Oh, is my time not worth, uh, is is it worth this or is it not? You know, that's, that's really hard to come to terms with sometimes, but you got to do it. Absolutely. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about failure. Um, something that the back pocket prides on, on themselves or on us is, uh, failure or the average quality, how you (laughs) So we explain this question. Uh, what is your average quality as in, you know, Andrew and I, we're good at things. We're good at some things and bad at other things. At the end of the day, it makes us average. Like my average quality right now, like I'm not good at ironing shirts. Haven't been good at ironing shirts pretty much my whole life, but I have to do it. And I, so I got to grind and figure it out. Um, so with that being said, what is your average quality? So my average quality, I think people really open up to me very easily. They tell me like their deepest, darkest things very, very, very quickly, which is a great thing to have. And, uh, you know, as a friend, that's that's the kind of friend that you want to be. However, in business, sometimes I think people are too open with me and then it becomes a boundary problem because either after that their behavior changes and they feel a little self-conscious of like, maybe I've told her too much or like something like that. I'm not really sure what runs through their head. Um, or just, they think that we're closer than I think that we are. Therefore they try to push those business boundaries of asking for a discount or paying me a little bit later, or, um, you know, trying to at that point take advantage of me or my business because there's that personal communication. So, Really, that's something that I've learned to, um, I'm still learning to detach from a little bit because boundaries do get crossed. So I think my average quality is, I guess, being 
allowing people to be too open with me. It's good oh. and bad. I would also say you're just like the coolest person ever. And so people, oh. are like, wow, I can like really vibe with her, you know, like whatever. <laughs> maybe. No, maybe. maybe. Well, thank you. Discount in or maybe I can do this. You're just naturally cool. So I think. Maybe. Uh, maybe that's your average quality is you're too cool. Yeah, maybe. Oh. Maybe my average quality is I am too cool. <laughs> Well, That's being, awesome. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Well, being in an industry where you are the face, you have yeah. to market yeah. yourself. And yeah. um, I'm kind of curious how you're able to keep that two-way two street of motivation. So you're giving these clients their, the tactics and maybe even helping them along the way to improve their digital marketing. However, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the ball's in their court to improve these tactics. What are mm-hmm. some of your motivating tactics to make sure that they get their end of the bargain done? Um, I think execution, of course, like you said, is extremely important. Um, So on the consulting side, I'm lucky that when I'm on site, they've already requested for me to be there. So if they execute it or not, at the end of the day, when I'm out the door, they're going to be hit with a billable uh, invoice. So they want to execute. You know, it's just a waste of money. And I've never really faced that problem. Um, I do face some resistance in hey, people will pick my brain and like, or I'll have a client that will um, want to implement something and then they'll ask for 10 different opinions and then decide not to, you know, do what I think is right. Um, And then they'll go another route and then come back to basically doing what I had, you know, um, suggested in the first place. So I think with that, I've learned to just let people do what they need to do in order for them to understand their own strategy clearer. And the reason for that being you have to be secure in what you decide to do as a business. No matter how much I, I drill it to them or no matter how much I'm like, hey, you need to do this and motivate them and whatever that tactic is, sometimes email, sometimes call, let's meet up, let's, let me drop by your office, whatever that is, at the end of the day, they have to trust that the strategy is theirs and that it's right. And I can't really force that. You can't force someone to think your way until they're ready to think your way. So resistance is a really interesting thing, but you just have to let it be sometimes. That's, that's really my strategy. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of just have to roll the punches and understand not everything's going to kind of just go your way. I think another really cool point too is you know, there's so many different ways to market now. It's not just the big businesses buying uh, billboard space. And it's not just this like over brand recognition slash manipulation type stuff, mm-hmm. TV commercials. There's social media has really changed the game in the marketing realm. We're trying to adapt to it again, back to the average things like Andrew and I are average at Facebook ads and average at like paid promotion. So where how have you been able to like leverage guys like us where we would, someone like us would come to you and be like, Hey, I know social media is really well. Like it works well. How do I do it? So like, what are your kind of tactics or what are you finding that's most effective right now on social media? I think the uniqueness of social media is what everyone has to focus on because I think a lot of people are like, this guy's doing this, this guy's doing this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And that doesn't, necessarily work for every business it has to be very custom custom packaged um in some ways and i 
And I think the number one thing is I always tell people, yes, look at your competitor, but don't copy them because it doesn't mean that that's necessarily going to work for you. Um, I think right now, Instagram stories are probably the highest converter. And I get this feedback from a lot of people, um, a lot of my clients as well, especially people that have got a higher, higher number of followers uh, with the swipe up feature and the attachments, all that. So that's a big thing. And Instagram's going to allow people to um, apply to be verified soon, which will help again with the swipe up and all that. Um, IGTV is not converting for anybody. <laughs> it's not doing anything for anyone or going live. Um, so I, I would say the go-to strategy right now is definitely Instagram stories. But again, that works for me in my business and, you know, X amount of people. Then there's also this many people that it doesn't work for. So it just comes down to how unique your business is and how you want to tell your story. If you decide that you're a photography company and you're constantly posting stories, but not pictures, that's not going to work, right? It has to be your product has to be uh, told and showed a specific way. That's absolutely. I like, I like the thought too, or I guess I want to get your opinion on this and I'm trying to understand exactly why stories are so effective for swiping up because it's such Mm -hmm. a small, my, my opinion is that it's such a small trim of time for you to grab someone's attention. And there's so many different ways to do that. And so Mm -hmm. I guess I want to get your opinion on why is our Instagram stories so powerful? The easiness of it. You don't need to leave the app. You don't need to do anything. You swipe up, you see it, and then you go back to watching stories. And chances are you're laying on the couch or you're just waking up or you're laying in bed when we should all be sleeping. Um, But you're just watching stories and it's coming up and you're like, hey, what is this? Okay, this interests me. And it's that simple. I don't need to exit the app. I don't need to go click on the link copy paste, whatever. There's, there's a part of the mind that's curious and the stories with the swipe up feature just feeds that part of the mind very easily instead of me having to go click on your page and then click in your bio and then click in the link and then it'll open on Safari or whatever Chrome. So it's really just the easiness of fulfilling that instant gratification, whatever you're curious about, boom. I love it. So the swipe up feature you've mentioned a few times yes. and for all of those entrepreneurs or other people, um, being a face to their product, mm-hmm. um, how would you say, or what would you say is the, the best way and the most efficient way to get to that 10,000 mark? So you're able to swipe up. Is there a method that you've been preaching to your clients that has been effective? Ads ads is, uh, so on my business account for a while, every time I posted anything, I boosted it. Um, I boosted the content and I'm very transparent about this because everyone's like, oh, how do you have 13, 14,000 followers, whatever? I don't even know anymore um, on my business page. And that's because I advertised every single post that I made and I boosted the content so that when I do have, you know, a couple thousand followers, then the likes kind of match that. And the second I stopped running those ads, the likes went down. That's fine. Um, but nonetheless, it it allowed me to have a strong follower base and get to that number. So if I do want to insert a link, I can, um, and it'll bounce to whatever landing page that I have it connected to. Um, so running ads, honestly, it's, that's just what it is. (laughs) I love that. And then kind of on the flip side, 
Instagram TV, Andrew and I had talked about Instagram TV previously on our podcast. I don't know, I can't remember which one it was, but how to best utilize it. Is there anything that you're seeing there where it's like, oh man, this could be really utilized for this? Or like, is there a reason why it's not converting as well as Instagram wants it to be? So for you guys, I love Instagram TV. Um, I would totally just be eating my dinner and turn the thing on and watch you have an interview with somebody else. And in this getup, it definitely works. But I don't want to see a girl with her Instagram TV on being like, hey, today I'm doing this and today I'm doing that. I really like don't care. And that's the problem with it, that a lot of people are posting stuff that most people don't care about. Like, just stick to your story for letting me know what you're doing with your day. Great. Um, but if you go live on Instagram TV, it's just not appealing content, right? And see, like, something like this, this model is, um, it's similar to, let's say, Breakfast Club or um, Hot 97. Those are the shows that I watch. Um, and if they, when they do do Instagram TV, I watch it. I'm, I'm totally in. I'm like, okay, they have some rapper on today. I'm definitely going to watch this while, you know, I do some work. So it really, again, comes down to your product and the story that you're telling. Mm -hmm. I would avoid it if you were like, Hey, no. (laughs) Yeah, And that's kind of what we found as well. We have our own theory behind it saying like the IGTV is to, is directly to podcasters or someone with a, um, a microphone in front of them. They want to put their face out there because now they're trying to compete with YouTube um, in that regard. Um, And I'm kind of curious. So going along that line, YouTube has been around and they've, they are the Mm -hmm. best service for when you're looking to stream a video. Mm -hmm. Um, How have you found the best way to utilize the platform of YouTube since it's so saturated? Uh, so YouTube, (laughs) okay. So YouTube is an interesting space because now they're transitioning into trying to make it more music driven, um, which I personally hate. I thought that YouTube is a content platform that's always worked and, you know, they want to be Spotify or Tidal or, um, what's the other one? Apple music. And I don't think that that's going to be a good move for them because it's really taking them away from their brand. So as far as YouTube goes, it's a lot of content. You have to constantly keep posting. Um, And again, ads are very, very important. So if you can find a platform that's um, or or a show that's similar to yours and you're able to attach ads to that, then there's a higher conversion. So, for example, if I'm watching, again, going back to my Breakfast Club example, um, if I'm watching that, the next video to pop up is Hot 97. If I'm watching Ellen on YouTube, the next thing to come up is going to be, um, let's say, the Wendy Williams show. Um, So it's really just tying in to relevant content as opposed to giving the user and viewer um, something completely out of the box. So very, very, very targeted niche marketing is what makes YouTube work. It can also not work if you don't do any of that. It can definitely be just a platform to upload your videos and keep them there for no reason. So if you really want traffic to YouTube, send that link everywhere. Yeah, no kidding. That's yeah. a great idea. I mean, just saturate it. I know one yeah. we had when we had initially reached out to you, you had yeah. mentioned, you know, putting our link, so like a YouTube link or podcast link in on Reddit. And so mm-hmm. I have never been on Reddit in my life, but I we post we uh, had a 
cannabis entrepreneur on a long time ago. And I just went on like all the cannabis Reddit pages, posted our link. And I got blocked from like four of them. And I was like, That's oh fine. my God. <laughs> but <That's fine. laughs> yeah, right. But like we, I actually did get a couple of responses, which was really cool. But like the power of Reddit was so uh, just, I feel like it was an untapped thing, something I'd never heard of. So like, mm-hmm. where'd you come across that idea? And like, what about forums now is so mm-hmm. like highly utilized and interacted with? Um, I came up with that because I study my clients and their businesses very deeply. So I saw an opportunity. Um, this hit me about like a year and a half ago. I was like, hey, if I'm spending all this time reading about whoever um, and trying to learn and understand their software a little bit better. And then I'm seeing all these comments of people being like, I don't understand this. I don't understand that. In my head, I was like, this is an opportunity for them to respond to say, hey, let us help you. And automatically that's a lead. Everyone who doesn't understand something in that realm is a lead on that forum. So I was like, this is not just an education platform for someone like me trying to better gauge this software or whatever it is, but it's also an opportunity for the company to get in touch with the end user and push out their product. Um, And whatever that is, in your case, it's the podcast. You want people to tune in and watch this. So you go on other places that people hate podcasts or love them, or they talk about certain things, or they're talking about something completely different even. Um, You can route it. Business is a big thing. Marketing is a big thing. So whether it's enterprise level or, you know, small business level, you can go on forums related to that and just post there. So that's how I came up with that. Very cool. That's an awesome story and very self-aware. And one thing I do want to touch on is a little bit more about yourself. So we love to ask these type of questions that kind of instigate how someone has been able to um, develop their own product or their own company through failure. And as you mentioned before, failure has provided so much more success in your life because of the way you've handled it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in those situations, we like to ask what is in your back pocket? And by framing it, we say when stress becomes pressure and anxiety mm-hmm. rises, this is mm-hmm. what you resort to in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. So my go-to thing is meditation. Um, I meditate every single morning the odd day that I don't, then I'm a crazy person the entire day. Um, But meditation is definitely my biggest tool, I would say, because um, it's helped me really just view situations in a third person perspective and not be so emotional. And it's very difficult to be in business and not get emotional about it, whether it's a client or a project or whatever it is that you're working on. Um, And the second that I personally, I get emotional things get scattered because then my team gets emotional. Um, and then we start thinking from our heart rather than the best scenario for everybody involved. And, um, that's how I deal with the stress of it, I would say. So I think just being an observer rather than a judger, um, is something that's very, very important to me as an entrepreneur. And I think as a person, you know, I don't, I don't want to be judging people for their, choices or whatever I would rather observe and then you have to act accordingly so that's my stress buster back pocket tool very cool that's that's what's in your back pocket Mm -hmm. yes that's so cool I think that's like we've heard meditation come up like how many times this week alone Uh, quite often it's a sign (laughs) yes 
And everyone does a little bit different, whether it's 10 minutes when they wake up or they journal to meditate or they're doing yoga to meditate. But it's really all about finding yourself, stilling your brain and actually realizing that you are conscious. You're not just meandering through the day, moving through without actually thinking about the consequences or the productivity of actually these movements and these actions. And another thing, too, it's it it makes you really, really efficient, like. The more I've meditated over the years, the more I'm able to accomplish things very quickly and have clarity and sort of have that constant momentum of, again, things are working out, everything's happening, I'm here, I'm present rather than me being in my phone and, you know, just somewhere else in the past or the future. So I think you become way more efficient when you're here, right? So Absolutely. Living in the moment. Here's one thing. We say absolutely way too much. Yeah, we just said it needed to say We got We got to quit that. Um, word choice, average quality. Keep keeping track of that one. Um, there you go. <laughs> the one thing we like to do when uh, we meditate, or we don't, I don't know, do, we, do you meditate significantly? I, yeah. Okay. I don't. I need to. But okay. one thing that I always found helpful um, just with my experience with meditation is when your mind wanders, mm-hmm. there you, you have to document it. That was always kind mm-hmm. of the, the idea behind it. My idea or, or my visualization of docking it or documenting it is to trap the puck. So mm-hmm. I know uh, like in hockey, you got to think of a goalie and the puck's kind of moseying around. You got to trap the puck, send mm-hmm. your thoughts, send yourself, and then identify that you had to bring your thoughts back to your center. And then release mm-hmm. it to the fenceman and they'll move the puck down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I really like that. That's very powerful. I mean, I don't play hockey, obviously. <laughs> um oh. But yeah, I really like that. Maybe I'll try something similar next time some weird thought comes up. I just yell at it. I'm like, what are you doing? Get out of here. Because it's all your ego. Mm-hmm. That's you know? awesome. <laughs> um, so with that being said, you have kind of centered yourself and you use that as growth. Um, I want to know how you're growing your own business. So you have personal growth um, mm-hmm. and you're in a business where you're marketing um, other people. But how have you been able to market yourself and leverage that aspect? So I'm extremely lucky. I say this all the time. My team is everything. Like my set of resources that has been placed in my life is just perfect. So they help me with, like they see that I come up with the strategies for everybody else. And then often they'll be like, hey, poke, poke, you got to do this. You got to do this. Um, I have somebody that holds me accountable for, hey, you didn't blog, post your blog. Or, hey, you didn't do this. You need to do this. Or you need to reach out to so many people and keep consistent in the events that you go to and all that. So a lot of that comes from my team. Um, And I think strategic partnerships are very, very important, um, especially in my business. So, for example, in order for me to expand into development of IoT products or um, hardware, I have to partner with the right people. And again, I think I'm really lucky where I just meet the right people and that's what keeps my business growing. Um, of course you have to vet them and you have to know, okay, what are, what are your qualifications? Can you actually fulfill the vision that I have? Um, another thing is I think me reading a lot has a lot to do with the ideas that I come up with and the direction that I want to take my business. Um, so that helps. And again, I will find the right people to help me execute that. Um, uh, as far as marketing goes for my business, actually, it's funny, ironically, I don't really do any, um, 
very reliant on word of mouth and my reputation is completely based on that. And I guess I try to build some form of a relationship with my clients so that they do remember me, you know, a year later, two years later that, Hey, I remember that I had this app idea. I didn't have money at the moment. Like, can you do this for me? So that a lot of that happens. So that's excellent. And I really do appreciate that you said word of mouth is one of your key ways to grow your own brand because that's what we pride ourselves on. And that's exactly what we're doing with this podcast of the Marketing Intern Spotlight. We're giving credit to our credits due. You had you came out of your way. We, we had no interaction with you prior than um, meeting with Real Community Talks and Matt Silva, And then <laughs> that connection brought you to our uh, podcast and then you became a marketing intern and you you spread your word through how, whoever, however you did. And now we, you deserve the credit. So thank you for doing that. And thank oh. you for asking to come on the show because we really do appreciate uh, the time that you've given us today. No, thank you for having me. And I really, really appreciate it. You guys are super cool. I love your vibe. I love how casual we can chat as opposed to it being overly structured. No one likes that. So. No. Absolutely. Well, before we get to the end, yeah, we'll ask you one final question. Okay. This final question is, what did you learn today? And we like to say, and when you wake up to the time we had this interview, what have you learned today? What have I learned today? Um, hmm, Interesting. I learned a new exercise, but that's probably not important. Oh, it's absolutely not. I'm trying to exercise more. Okay. Yes, please. Okay. So I'm a lifter. Um, Whoever watches me on Instagram stories knows this. So today we did a different kind of deadlift, which was actually I was on a box, which I've never done before, and then lifted like below the box and then to deadlift and put the weight right back on the ground. So you actually go like beyond your natural stretch. So that was very, very challenging. Push my body to another level. Um, And that's what I learned today. I'm going to try it again later in the week. So we'll see. Well, that concludes the conversation. Awesome. Thank you you guys so much.